You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street. Horror for the casually obsessed. I'm John. I'm Kim. And we are here today to talk our first reactions to Jordan Peele's Nope. Nope. (laughs) You just like saying it? Yeah. The UFO movie that everybody's been looking forward to. I mean, honestly, if you had to ask me a few years ago, like, after Get Out, like, hey, what do you think Jordan Peele's going to make next? You'd be like, oh, maybe maybe like a political horror? Boom. Us. Nailed it. I would have never guessed a fucking UFO movie. Was that a huge surprise for you when that first came out? Yes and no. UFO movies are are so hard to, I guess, get made, let alone original content in general. And if anybody was going to be able to make one, it's Jordan Peele. Especially now, the height of his power. Well, he is at the height of his power. I think <laughs> the opening weekend, just a, like a little quick number game, it opened to $44 million, which is the highest opening of an original project not based on an IP since us. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there was a little bit of a pandemic in between, but hey, that's fine. (laughs) Yeah, but it just goes to show you that mm, there's not a lot of original content coming out. That's true, especially in the summer. We got to lift those people who are able to do it. (laughs) Yeah. Because do you not want more UFO content? Well, hell yeah. There's, there's never not... there's never enough UFO content. That's the fucking thing. Like, I was just like, hey, you know, I'd like to watch another Alien movie this weekend. And you go through the list and you're like, I've seen them all. Like, I've seen pretty much all of them. There's not very many. Yeah, and we've been working on some recommendations for, like, things to watch after you watch Nope. And it's been fucking hard. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Nope just came out this weekend. If you've been looking for other movies to watch, surely we'll come up with something before the end of this episode. Or it'll be waiting for you over on TikTok. But given how close we are to the opening weekend, it is still technically the opening weekend, it's Monday when we're recording this, we are not going to spoil pretty much anything. We're only going to talk about stuff that you see, like we're going to elaborate on stuff that you see in the first two trailers, so if you watch both of those, we're not going to go beyond that, we're not going to give away any surprises, and we're not going to dig too much in depth. We're going to give you our first reactions, what we thought of it. We'll definitely rate it by the end of the episode, I would think, (laughs) but no need to worry about us spoiling anything that you want to keep secret before you check it out in the movie theater. Before we get into it though, Kim, what's keeping you creepy this week? We just got back from the Rob Zombie show, the Rob Zombie show that we went to uh, impromptu last week. And then extended our trip to to hang out with a bunch of cool people in Kansas City. Yep, because when in Kansas, or wait, when in Missouri, go to Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) That's the old saying, yeah. Yeah, no, shout out to our friends Adam and Ashley for hosting us for- Again and again and again. Again and again and again, (laughs) yeah, you know, taking us to the Screenland Armor Theater to see Nope, just playing fucking arcade games, drinking beer. We played board, we played the thing, the board game. You know how hard that is when you don't, when you live, I don't know, 2,000 miles from all of your friends? (laughs) (laughs) So we jumped at that opportunity when they presented it, because there's, uh, it's not often we have four people around us to play that board game. 
But yeah, the concert was fantastic. Uh, I'm very fucking tired. And I realized that I still have all of my to-do list that I left at home waiting for me. So that's been fun. But yeah, the show was great. Rob Zombie played the Monsters trailer. And I don't know whatever he's been talking about, how like blah, 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 quality, no, no, no. Was it not the the coolest fucking shit seeing on a huge concert stage? Well, hell yeah. And then being topped off with Dragula right? Live. God damn. <laughs> And I think we fucking, we both knew it was going to happen. And when it came, it was like, he did it. He did the Dragula. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that entire concert was great. I didn't realize that it was the reunion of Mudvayne. People went fucking nuts for that. People were crazy. Static X fucking killed it. Power Man 5000 blew the roof off the place, man. It was like I just stepped back into my high school playlist. I fucking loved it. Yeah, I was surprised how giddy I was so early on in the night. I thought the giddy Kim wasn't going to come out until like 10 p.m. <laughs> but Giddy Kim was there from like 6 p.m. onwards. It was a long night of Giddy Kim. Yeah, and just just a quick little heads up. Spider One of Power Man 5000 has a movie coming out early August. It's hit and shutter. It was one of our favorites back at Panic Fest. It's called Allegoria. You really, really want to keep your eyes out for this one. It's a horror anthology. I don't want to say too much more about it. I think we've already talked about it a little bit on the show. But I I really think that you guys are going to dig it. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's always weird, you know, four months into the year to be like, oh, yeah, this is going on the top ten. John, it's almost fall. Well, I meant when we saw it back in (laughs) April. I guess we could start putting that list together now. Other than that, the Halloween Ends trailer dropped. Uh, We I watched that on my phone in the RV, but then I also saw it on the big fucking screen right before Nope. Uh, I am excited for that movie. It's a very vague trailer, but did you not catch a maybe Gerberator thing happening? Right, fucking with- Michael Myers putting Lori's hand in the in the. Is it always called a Gerberator everywhere? I don't know. That might just be a Canadian thing. The, the garbage disposal. There we go. Garbage in your sink. <laughs> that thing in your sink that no one trusts because you. As soon as you install it, you're like, I'm gonna drop a ring down there one day. You know that thing in your sink that's used for horror movies. <laughs> That's all it gets used for. Do you think Lori's going to lose her hand? She thinks she's going to go full boomstick in the in Halloween end? Oh my god, that'd be incredible. <laughs> now, I, now I'm hoping for it. Yeah, let's do it. Oh, I hope so. Lori's due for some maiming. I hate to say it, but... I don't think she's making she's, it out of this one. No, I don't think so either. I think they're going to kill each other. I think that's how it's going to happen. And then they're going to end in like that final embrace, hugging. Hugging <laughs> under Judas tombstone. It does also look like and a they've... single pumpkin is like resting. Uh, like uh... it's gonna be great. Uh, <laughs> I haven't read the synopsis. I'm trying to keep that a little vague. I probably won't watch the second trailer. The synopsis is Halloween ends. Period. <laughs> Rad. Love it. There's also some. They're blending in some of the footage from from Halloween 1978. At least in the trailer. I don't know if that's 100 percent going to be in the movie, but I'm I'm interested to see what they do with it. They might they might go real weird and like change the end of the original Halloween. But I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. We also just dropped the very final episode of the Never Sleep Again series over in the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club on Patreon. Uh, it's the dooziest of the doozies. I think we were 30 hours in at this point when at we least. recorded. I start talking about the symptoms of sleep deprivation while experiencing them. <laughs> yeah, it was a trip to be completely exhausted and watching people on screen also exhausted. And I definitely learned that if if I had to fight a dream demon, I would not make it out alive. Yeah, uh, we're covering the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, the much beloved remake. It's a weird one to go out on, but I'm kind of glad we we fit it in there. Yeah, I think if we were smart, we would have done it before Freddy versus Jason. That seems like the the exclamation point to end the entire series on. But we did, you know, we respected the order and realistically. 
technically, it's the final Nightmare on Elm Street movie for now. There's definitely going to be another one. You're only- you just did like a smell you later to be continued <laughs> on a franchise that Robert Englund has confirmed he will not be returning to. Well, I don't believe that Robert Englund will be back, but I do believe there will be another Freddy Krueger. Oh, absolutely. Money, money talks. <laughs> That's it. You can check out that episode and the entire series. You can binge the whole series and and hear us degrade from moderately okay podcasters to very not good podcasters. (laughs) Um, The Never Sleep Again series. How many episodes is it, John? Nine episodes, nine movies, zero sleep. That's the idea. I wrote that fucking tagline. How did I forget? You can listen to all of those at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub by supporting the show for only a few bucks a month. But all that aside, I think the biggest thing keeping us creepy this week is the reason we're here today. Jordan Peele's Nope. It's finally in the theaters. We finally got to see it. Uh, finally got to watch that second trailer. I've been avoiding that. I'm super glad I skipped that. Here's here's my quick recommendation. So much information in that trailer. Yeah. If you've also been putting off that second trailer, continue putting it off until you see it. Uh, I don't think it really spoils the entire movie, but... It definitely showed a lot more than I would have wanted to see. It elaborates on the tone of the film. Okay. So we're going to throw you off to the trailer, and then we're going to come back with our spoiler-free first reactions to Jordan Peele's Nope. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitches could move, yeah, skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. Yeah, nah, nah, nah. Kicking it off, John, I know you already did this on Twitter, but we do like to do this in the episode. Oh, yeah. Do you want to drop a three good things? Yeah, totally. Uh, Three good things about Nope. Three vague things about Nope? Three vague good things about (laughs) Nope. Three continually spoiler-free things about Nope. Stephen Yun has a cowboy outfit with a rhinestone flying saucer on the back of it. Uh, I think there's I think there's rhinestone flying saucers across the whole goddamn thing, but I want that cowboy suit. I'm really mad that you didn't elbow me in the theater for this because I, I did. did 
Did you? Yeah, I hundred percent was like, "Yo, check out the spaceship," <laughs> and then and then you you did get one quick glimpse of it before uh, the scene cut away. I don't remember seeing it at all, mind you. I we'll get into it, but I was in a different I was in a different movie theater than everyone else. <laughs> emotionally yeah 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 this was a this was a real surprising movie uh i mean honestly the other thing incredibly inventive ideas for a ufo like i've never seen a ufo movie do what nope does and that's as that's as much as i'm gonna say about that again uh super duper vague (laughs) care to elaborate for me because i don't know what you're talking about I will in a separate episode over in the Fiend Club where we talk full spoilers. Uh, third good thing, Michael Wincott, the gravelly bad guy from The Crow, is in this fucking movie playing a weird eccentric cinematographer and he does a spoken word rendition of the flying purple people eater. I very much loved that. Wasn't that amazing? I was trying not to sing it in the theater, but I think I did a little bit. Right? I was like, we'd so close to just being like, yes! <laughs> And then it came down to earth and he lived in a tree. Yeah, I think that's your favorite song of all time. It's my, one of my favorite movies of all time also. <laughs> Don't What's tell your favorite that. movie, book, and food? <laughs> <laughs> you eat a purple people eater? Maybe. <laughs> Put some googly eyes on he an would, eggplant. I'm happy. He would make such a good sherbet-y ice cream oh, yeah. popsicles on a stick. Yeah, with a little get... gumball in the yeah. center of it. Hell yeah. And the gumball's a saxophone. I like that. I'd totally eat that. Yeah. And coming out of opening weekend, we do have some ratings. Surely to God, these are subject to change, and they will probably be different by the time you are listening to this episode on Thursday. But Nope is currently sitting at a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 4.0 out of 5 on Letterboxd. That Rotten Tomatoes rating is probably going to stick, because that's your critic rating. I just realized that I haven't uploaded my review to, uh, <laughs> to Rotten Tomatoes, so hey, might be might be bumped up to, to 83.1, you know? <laughs> Just, just doing, just doing a day's work. Yeah, just my due diligence. The people must know. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like, even writing the review, I was like, this is a waste of time. I'm like, no one needs me, the 1,000th person, to chime in on Nope. Like, hey, guess what? Jordan Peele, good filmmaker. I don't know if y'all know this. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Heads up! <laughs> Dark horse filmmaker. Like, oh, he hasn't made some of the best goddamn movies, the most talked about movies of the last 10 years. Uh, and I think that's also what was going against the movie, Going into it, I, I had this feeling that people were going to be overanalyzing this movie, and th- there's two ways to watch a movie. There's the I'm just going to let it happen, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to I'm going to worry about what I think about it and what it means afterward. That's it. That's at least a second or third time watch job. Do not do not put that on yourself the first time you are experiencing a movie. Right? Yeah. If you go in because the second the second way to watch it is to just to, 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 like I'm writing an essay in my head as I watch and what does this mean and what does that mean and oh surely to god the color of the scissors are super intentional and it's not just that gold looks really good against red. Like goddamn, not ev- it's not like everything is a Stanley Kubrick movie where everything means something, which is also fake about that like Stanley Kubrick also didn't do that 
Are you okay? Do I'm you, I'm like hyperventilating here. Do you need, do you need a breathe break? I just so so many people watch movies so wrong, <laughs> and you're just and shaking I feel people sad by, for them. <laughs> I just see you going to the theater and seeing somebody that looks a little bit like a critic. Like you hear you see a flat cap, and you're just shaking them by their shoulders. <laughs> like eat your popcorn and enjoy it. <laughs> and that's how you should watch every fucking movie, especially movies that come out between April and September. <laughs> God damn. That is very fucking true. Yeah. These do not have to be thesis statements and and giant conversation pieces about the state of the world. Like fuck, it's a goddamn alien movie on a ranch in California. It's weird because I'm I'm still in a very different place with this movie. I need to see it a few more times till I'm like I get there because everyone's like, "Oh yeah, this is like a really fun movie for Jordan Peele and it's like not about as much as his other movies." <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm st- Still picking my jaw up off the floor after uh, all the stuff that is in there. <laughs> yeah, I think like any great movie, like Alien, like I'll just pull that out as an example, literally because I'm just looking at the board game over there on our shelf. Um, when you watch Alien for the first time, you're not thinking about how it is trying to say something about humanity and technology and this and that. You're just like, oh, wow, space people, you know, fighting a big old alien dude. Yeah, it's around the third watch where you're just like, oh, all all of humanity is expendable for the dollar and advancement of, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Corporate greed. Or you start pulling in all the, you know, big think piece conversations about it being a man, like a, a male versus female struggle and how the xenomorph is a big dick and yada, yada, yada. We don't know if that xenomorph was a boy. That may have been a lady morph. Well, I think that, that that's that's what makes it the perfect organism. It's both. You know, it's 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 self-replicating. It can do anything, oh. you know? Okay, well, then I guess that answers that question. It's, it's not even a conversation I want to get into. It's not how you and I watch movies. But what what I'm trying to say is that there is there is rich text there in a movie like Alien, and at first glance, it's just a scary goddamn movie about an alien about about a bunch of people trying to survive a fight against an unstoppable alien. And then if you want to dig deeper into it, yeah, there's there's more there for you to chew on. And I think the same is true about Nope. I think on its face, it can be just a silly little fun alien movie. But there there are actually subtle themes that you can dig into, and I, I'm happy that he tried to disguise them a little bit, because I wanted it to be a fun movie, and it really was a fun movie, even though there was a moment that completely emotionally devastated me. Yeah, I, I'm not there yet at fun movie. I see that it's in there, and I, I was surprised at how, I guess bright and adventure it was like oh, yeah. I'd say from the midpoint onwards it becomes kind of an action adventure film hell yeah and the horror isn't necessarily fallen by the wayside but it changes it evolves if one were to say that word um <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah no it, it's like the the second half of the movie has has a lot of jaws in its dna uh, it's very much a group of people who are getting on, like the the ranch is the boat, you know, like we're gonna need a bigger ranch, and like they're they're trying to take down this this giant thing in the sky that's terrorizing them. But yeah, yeah, like brief overview synopsis: the Haywoods are Hollywood horse trainers, and something is eating their fucking horses. Something is just snatching them out of the goddamn air. And uh, and Otis Jr., OJ, played by Daniel Kaluuya, uh, has seen this fucking saucer flying in the air at night. So he's 100% immediately convinced 
there's an alien up there and it's stealing our horses. I do have to say the characters going from aliens aren't a thing to holy shit there's an alien living in our on our property basically yeah. is lightning fast. They are immediately like, "Yep, this is this isn't well, I mean, nope, an alien, but <laughs> yep, I believe it." <laughs> well, the other, the other thing is that the cold open of the movie, this would be like I guess a spoiler. Uh, I think it's in the second trailer. Boom, I can talk about it. Uh Keith David's surprise appearance plays Otis Senior and he dies suddenly on his horse when a bunch of fucking garbage falls out of the sky. Like, I love shit like that. It's so weird. So much. Right? It's just, it's, it's, an, it's, what is it that you'd like to say? A small impossibility? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This movie's got a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> his, he dies because a quarter gets embedded into his skull like it's a bullet. And it's just like a small piece of debris. Like there's a, there's a house key that gets stuck in the side of that one of the horses. That was my favorite, sh- maybe my favorite shot of the whole film. It's pretty great. Because it's before you really know what's going on. And just seeing that, I was like, fuck. Yeah, so they, they don't know what the fuck happened. Obviously, they know exactly what killed him. But the best any, the best explanation anybody can come up with is that a bunch of shit fell out of a plane that was flying by. Uh, I don't think there was a plane in the air. I'm pretty sure OJ doesn't think there was a plane in the air. But nevertheless, their dad's dead. They can't explain it. And so when he sees something in the sky, I think that's why he's immediately like, I know what's going on, and I'm not even going to bother giving it a second thought. Because I've already been asking myself for six months, what the fuck killed my dad mm-hmm. yeah i guess that's very true and now it's snatching their horses and it's like it's ruining their livelihood they're about to sell the farm they've sold a whole bunch of horses to uh to a showman in town played by Stephen young uh they're losing gigs in hollywood uh because they can't keep their their horse tame i guess like it it just fucking went on set and they were like get that horse out of here i just think that they didn't have the like there's a void in their family like they don't have the charisma of their father and so well, yeah. the two of them together the Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, our siblings, the two of them are trying to kind of make up for what the other lacks to to be this role. And I don't think they're able to do it without their dad. Right. Which is sad. It's super sad. Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya in this movie are fucking incredible. They are the exact opposite of each other. Uh, Kiki Palmer is, you know, huge, boisterous, big personality. She's fucking hilarious in this movie. And Daniel Kaluuya says, I don't know, 10 words. <laughs> Honestly, any of the words he says, I didn't really understand any of them. He, like, disappeared into this role. (laughs) It's nuts. And, like, you're not alone. I've heard a lot of people say, like, I can't wait to watch this a second time so I can figure out what the fuck Daniel Kaluuya said. Because it's it's all just, like, grumbly. He's a little mumbly. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, he's a super British dude. So to see him do, like like, a Northern California horse trainer who definitely has more in common with the horses that don't talk than human beings is amazing like he does such an incredible job in this movie even his posture and everything like we were yeah. saying afterwards we're like did he gain weight for this he role? definitely gained some weight for this role <laughs> he's got horseman build right <laughs> he's a husky boy <laughs> His was definitely my favorite performance, but I think it's also like you have to know, you have to have seen him in other movies to know what he's like. You have to have seen him in Skins <laughs> to really, to really see uh, the the kind of personality that he has. And yeah, he he completely disappears into this role. It's absolutely insane. But he's not even like the MVP of the movie. There are so many fun characters of this movie. Steven Yun, I think, is my favorite, and I have to rewatch it because I didn't listen to anything he said either. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> There were there were definitely moments in this movie that just fucking wiped Kim's brain. Like, she could not walk away from them. Yeah, so we were talking about themes and stuff earlier. There's there's a, a theme about animals and, like, how human beings treat animals. Obviously, that's not a huge surprise because we're dealing with Hollywood horse trainers mm-hmm. and how to treat 
those animals on set and then and, and being respectful and and that kind of thing and there's kind of a side plot in the film that I'm not going to spoil but I wasn't expecting it and I wasn't expecting how it affected me yeah and uh yeah I definitely cried a whole lot you don't think you don't think we can talk about it just like a little bit I don't it's not really in the trailer there's okay. a flash of it but they don't really get into it so I don't want to ruin it for any even though it might ruin somebody's day I don't know I I haven't gotten a whole lot of feedback as to how other people are receiving it but it fucked me up so bad that I couldn't get back on board with the movie for a while like I was staring at the screen and I was experiencing it visually but I wasn't characters were talking and I just I had to leave for a minute because I was worried I was gonna cry too loud in the movie theater it was it was a bad experience no, no. It's hard to say. It wasn't a bad experience. It pulled emotions out of you. Yeah. Emotions that it wanted to, emotions that you were not prepared to experience while shoveling popcorn into your face. I was not ready. I had a beer. I had just grabbed a second beer, and I was like, yeah, popcorn, beer, UFO movie, best (laughs) night of my life. And then I full out had to like rifle through my bag for tissues. Right. In hopes to muffle an inhale sob, like a. <gasps> and hey, to your, I heard somebody like a big dude behind us do the exact thing. Oh, and I think that maybe also didn't help that like other people were having the same sort of emotional reaction to what was going on. Cause it's just like the elevator in your heart, just like so, like just like hit basement level real quick. Yeah, and I went through like a phase of emotions on how I felt about the movie. When I immediately recovered, I was like, I hate this movie for what it did to me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember leaning. Over to you, and I mean, like, I hate this movie just because I couldn't get out of that funk. And I was like, I want to enjoy this alien fucking chase shit happening now, and I'm too sad about the fucking first half of the movie. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> so, I, I, if I could elaborate on that a little bit while still being vague, it's the it's the real cold open of the movie that we see the aftermath of a tragedy, and then throughout the movie we revisit it, we see it from a few different angles, we talk about it, and. It's a cornerstone of the story that I think a lot of people are having a hard time figuring out or dealing with. I think for some people, uh, this tragedy feels completely separate from the rest of the movie. Like, I, I know I'm, I'm, I've been talking with people on Discord, I've been talking with people in person, and I think a lot of people are having trouble sort of connecting the dots between the ideas in that, that sort of like side plot and the main story. Um, that side plot involves Stephen Young, I guess we could at least say that. So, like, he talks about it a little bit. And I think it's what kind of makes this movie... Mean something? Yeah. It's what it what it's what it's takes it from popcorn UFO movie to, oh, there's so much more to Alien than we thought. Yes. I, yeah. Man, I hate being vague. I can't wait till we can just talk full spoilers about this. Cause, and, like, that's the other problem I had writing this goddamn review. But also, review. as much as we believe about fucking dissecting movies and shit, we also believe about not spoiling movies for people that haven't seen them. Yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just like it's it's hard to skirt around it and skirt. still make it an entertaining episode to listen to. I guess we had this, the same problem when we were talking about Malignant. We we pulled it through, so I'm just gonna. I have I still have no idea how we talked about Malignant without spoiling it. Yeah, I don't know either. But we're gonna have to we're gonna have to try and tap back into that energy for the rest of this episode. Uh, OJ and M. Daniel Kalu and Kiki Palmer's character. My favorite thing about them is that they don't give a fuck about learning anything about this alien. They're just like, hey, we need money. We're losing the ranch. If we can get this fucking thing on film, we can sell it and save the ranch. That's all it comes down to. We just need some goddamn money so we can 
Get out of debt. Doesn't that seem like such a Steven Spielbergian objective? Does it? Yeah. Like I guess we got to open the beaches back up. It's, it all comes back to money. <laughs> something serious is happening, and it's just like, well, let's just let's just bite off the smallest chunk and the most entertaining chunk. I don't know. E.T. is 100% like, we got to figure out what's up with this alien and where he comes from and what he does and why he's like something. No, physically- they just got to get him home and, and fucking get him M&M's. <laughs> The uh, adults are dealing with all the other nonsense. That's actually, that, you know what? That's very true. If we only talk about the kids in E.T., it's exactly like this. Uh, they go to, like, a radio shack, uh, and they meet a dude who's who sees that they're buying a bunch of security surveillance equipment. Is just like, y'all filming aliens? And then he becomes the goddamn comedic relief of this entire fucking movie. And head of alien tech. <laughs> he's the best. He, I, I guess he's essentially your Richard Dreyfus of the movie. Like, if we're really going to keep bringing it back to Jaws. It's really funny because TMZ does make a, a minor appearance in this, but you know who my head... Now, this is, like, such a fucking deep cut unless you were... You were <laughs> Uh, the char- that character reminded me of the TMZ guy that broke the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case. Okay. I don't necessarily have that reference. Everybody but- fucking Google it. <laughs> You're talking specifically about the guy who was on the stand? Yeah. I remember- Who was just like, Amber sold that video. Overhearing that while doing groceries, because Kim refused to stop watching the case while we were doing errands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the car. I would like to listen to the radio. Hey, personally. you're the one that bought us like a hundred gigs of data. So. We go on the road all the time. Yeah, well, we need it for work, not work. for obsessing over gossip. We didn't need it for work that week. <laughs> That's very true. I mean, hey, whatever it gets used for, as long as it gets used. But yeah, Brandon, uh, Brandon Perea, Brandon Perea, the uh, the actor who plays Angel, the the alien expert, is incredible in this movie he was so fun and honestly just more people that were so immediately on board with this oh yeah you think about things in real life if something like this happened we're so i guess indoctrinated with fantasy from all of our films and books and entertainment that if something weird happens we're not even fucking surprised we're not even phased full-blown pandemic everybody's like yeah that fucking makes sense (laughs) yeah Yeah, like nothing can phase us now fucking didn't they put out like the the government finally was like, hey, so we actually do have some UFO footage, but we're going to remind you that UFO just means unidentified, but here you go, you can have it. And people were like, we can have it, and we all cared for a day and a half, and then life went on. That's the government it's... gave the public UFO footage. You know the thing? The government. That's That footage was way more credible before the government gave it to us. <laughs> <laughs> when I saw that video back in like, I don't know, 2015 or something, I was like, holy shit, guys, this is insane. And then when the government's like, oh yeah, you know, that's a video we've had and I guess we could declassify it. It's like, so it's a fucking ship that you built and you're trying to convince us that it's an alien. <laughs> that's all I think You've about You've been now. watching far too much Art Bell. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and like that's I that- just think the fact that it's legitimate pilots is the most fucked up thing about that because it's just like, oh fuck, we, we should be trusting these men. These are not like kooky dookie men. These kooky are, kooky dookie. These are, <laughs> these are our top guns. These are pilots, sir. <laughs> yeah, UFOs, uh, big on the brain right now. And like all of those videos had come out before Jordan Peele had announced Nope. So like, you know, when when that poster was revealed and, you know, they still didn't necessarily 100% say what it was going to be. We were all just like, fuck yeah, we're ready for an alien movie, man. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> they were so vague about it. And the world was like, aliens, <laughs> it means not of planet Earth. <laughs> okay, so here's my theory. And I tweeted it and nobody really 
nobody agreed with me, so I deleted it. But I believe that Nope stands for not Oprah. Yeah, that is such an inside reference for the movie. Like, if you're trying to tell people who haven't seen it what they think it's about, everyone's like, I have no fucking idea what this means. Okay, well. Uh, on, on the other hand, we did learn that it was in the second trailer. She, Kiki Palmer calls it the Oprah shot. That, you know, we have to get indisputable evidence. Uh, be, be, because if it is so believable and so crystal clear that even Oprah would be talking about it, then you know you've done something. Because, like, yeah, sure, you shoot something weird in the sky. Like, yeah, all the kooks at the conference are going to be talking about it, but it's not going to be on the news, and it's sure as shit not going to be on Oprah. Uh, You think it stands for not Oprah? Yeah, they say not Oprah a whole bunch because they're not Oprah. They can't get the Oprah shot, and this is the whole goal is to get the not Oprah shot because they're not Oprah. I think the goal is to get the Oprah shot, but every time they get footage, it's not. It's Oprah. not Oprah. Yeah, that's what I said. So it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I just said, John. No, that's what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, as long as it's what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> then we're back on the same page. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. <laughs> so we, I mean, we mentioned that this was an action adventure movie. Uh, it definitely has some scary moments. What did you think of the horror? I loved seeing it in the theater because. Full out reactions to some of the. Oh yeah, there were there was a sequence of jump scares that one they they got me they always get me but that's not a surprise but heard full out like bah in the in the theater and I loved that. Yeah, we had an audience that was just ready to eat this fucking movie up and they were freaking out during one specific scene with uh, with some some little green men that was pretty fucking scary. My favorite thing about jump scare moments in the theater isn't the jump scare isn't everybody screaming but it's like everybody collectively like sighing and having a laugh afterwards. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we're just like oh guys we made it out oh boy. <laughs> Everybody's a little bit embarrassed they're like thank god it's dark in theaters. <laughs> yeah, my butt left the seat even. I did that cat jump, you know. Oh, you just go straight up into the yeah, air. Yeah, where all the like, muscles lock. I think I say that every time I do a jump scare because I fully do do that. Like, my, I get micro rigor mortis. <laughs> <laughs> and you levitate off your seat. Yeah, like, ah! If I was holding my beer at the time, it would have spilled. Damn, that's <laughs> hilarious. I think, the, I think the second half of the movie is kind of void of scary stuff. That's where we get into the action-adventure territory, and that's... Uh, that's like the, the the thing that I really wish the movie did more of. Like, I wish it was scarier for longer. Yeah, I will say, uh, this is Universal, right? Yeah. I'm expecting there to be a ride of this movie. That'd be cool. I think it's going to be like a mov- moving picture ride. Okay. Or some kind of, maybe it's like the E.T. ride, where instead of riding a bike and floating through, you're riding, riding a, a horse. horse. But with like I video screens. I way too excited <laughs> You that. did. Um, because of the cinematography in the desert was so fucking wild. I forgot this movie was shot on IMAX. The camera was so sweeping. Yeah, it was Just endlessly great. sweeping. And, the, and the, it, the, the, it was always tilted to the sky a little bit, right? So like no matter what's happening, you're just like, yeah, but what's going on up there? But like, it was really great based on the movements of what was happening up there and the fact that we're on a horse a lot of it. There's so many moving pieces that the camera was doing so many expansive things. Yeah. And uh, I was like, I cannot wait for the ride of this. This ride's going to be dope. This movie was a lot of fun. I lo- fucking loved how it looked. I loved the design of the UFO. There is a scene where blood rains down from the fucking sky. Not it's in the trailer. It's in the trailer. <laughs> Not a spoiler. In the trailer. So, like, it's got some of the coolest goddamn imagery uh, of of the year, for sure. And, and Jordan Peele always... 
always finds a few like really iconic images that sort of sum up the movie. Uh, Get Out would definitely be the teacup and the spoon, mm-hmm. Us as the scissors. And the image that I think everybody will take away from Nope is from that tragedy moment that is we're- the sneaker? It's the sneaker with a single little dot of blood on it. And uh, I'm really looking forward to talking more about that specific scene and about- what this alien does and how this alien works. Because like I said, it is one of the most inventive, creative ideas that I've ever seen in a UFO movie. Um, So please, please join us uh, in the Nightmare on Film Street Fiend Club for our full spoiler-filled discussion of Nope. I want to talk about every goddamn second of this movie. because And we have a lot to say about that that core chunk in the middle that we keep avoiding. But you also have to watch the fucking movie first. (laughs) Yes, no, I would encourage you, please do watch the movie first. We don't want to spoil anything for you. It's not as scary as you think it might be. It's definitely more like Jaws. Like, if you can handle Jaws and the scary parts of Jaws, you will, you'll, you'll eat up Nope for sure. And you'll have no problem with it. It's not going to give you nightmares. Because let's remember, aliens aren't real. <laughs> like, I'm saying that right now. As a person obsessed with UFO footage, it's not real. <laughs> they don't exist. Well, UFOs exist. But believing that they're alien life, I don't think exists. Kim, we call them UAPs now. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. We're taking things seriously. But I like UFO better. UFO is way cooler. We should have never came up with UAP. It's bullshit. And I only ever want to use UFO. Does anybody use UAP? The real, the experts do. That's the that's the new term. But yes, you're right. There are things in the sky that you can't explain by definition is an unidentifiable flying object. I think a lot of it's gas. That's just my expert theory. Gas. Yeah. Gas bubbles. Yeah. I mean, I realistically- Or fucking light refracting. Like, come on. <laughs> right? I remember seeing a video of a boat that looked like it was floating off the water, but it's just because, like, a weird effect that happens in the Northern Hemisphere where, like, you know, the way the light is hitting your eyes after it's leaving the boat really makes it look like it's levitating Well, there's, the like, water. moisture in the air and all kinds of shit, and then the sun goes through something the wrong way or blah, blah, blah. Prism effect. Boom. UFO. Yeah. Swamp gas. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look into this little red pen. Weather balloon. It was a weather balloon. It was the men in black. (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, I don't want to rate this movie. That's bullshit. I had to rate this movie. (laughs) I'm not ready. I need to see it six more times. Okay, but yeah, but I mean, based on your first reactions, how do you rate it? Hey, let's let's remember when we both saw Suspiria for the first time, we said, this movie sucks. One out of four. And now it's like a four out of four. four. Right? Yeah. 3.5. I'm, I'm, I'm not going full four on that one. But yeah, so what? You got to see a movie a second time to fully take it in. How do you feel right now? How would you, like, would you, okay, would you recommend people go see this movie in the theater? Absolutely. But- okay. So maybe, you're at least a 2.5 Maybe to just like four, go to the bathroom for that sad scene. <laughs> I don't know if it's 100% going to affect other people the way it affects you. That's why I don't, like, uh, I feel weird about it. Okay, so I'm going to give it a 3 out of 4, and I'm going to give it a one-point removal for how much it upset me. <laughs> a one-point removal. Yeah, it would have been a 4 out of 4 without that scene. And But it was a good scene, and I want people to fucking feel that way about animals. I'm very conflicted. I'm very conflicted, John. I'm signing off. <laughs> Okay, well, that's a way to rate a movie. Uh, Kim gave it a three out of four. I, I'm also giving it a three out of four. I gave it an eighty percent of my review. Does that mean I got to go three point five? Yep. Three point five. I came out of back four. in the room to say yep. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, I really enjoyed Nope. I thought it was great. Seeing it on the big screen is the absolute best way to do it. You don't want to watch this movie uh, at home uh, for your first time. You really want to you really want to take this movie in on the biggest, loudest screen you can. Uh, and uh, I think it's going to be the coolest blockbuster this summer. It's got the cool man. There is so much about this movie that makes it so fucking memorable, and and things that I loved about it that I am very excited to talk to you about over in the Fiend Club. So please, once more, just a quick plug for that. Uh, head over to nofspodcast.com/slash/fiendclub to hear our full spoiler-filled thoughts on Nope. And uh, if you would like to talk to me about that one scene in particular, we do have a spoiler channel on our Discord where you can go full spoilers. You're not allowed to go in there unless you're ready to have movies fucking spoiled for you. Uh, And that is at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. Please tell me what you thought about Nope. And we all know that scene I'm talking about. That scene. You can also hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast. Uh, but don't be spoily on Twitter, because that's rude. Vaguely let us know what you thought, and then come over to the Discord and have a spoiler-filled discussion with us. You can follow us on Instagram at Nightmare on Film Street. We're on TikTok at Nightmare on Film Street, uh, talking about alien movies, recommending road trip movies, just showing you all the weird stuff that's keeping us creepy throughout the week. We'll be finishing up our found footage series, viral found footage, very soon with a- another film coming up soon in the Nightmare on Film Street feed, so be sure to subscribe if you aren't already. If you haven't caught the previous episode, we talked about Megan is Missing last week on the show, and it was another doozy. Yeah, you want a movie that'll fuck you up forever? Megan is Missing is the movie for you. That's all here in the regular Nightmare on Film Street podcast feed. But until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive. But we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. Thank <laughs> you.